0: Section Fourteen, Part One, Chapter Three, Continued, of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse by Vicente Blasco Ibanez. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. He had accustomed himself to believe that he would never return to it. During the first years of his life in America, the trip would have been an impossibility because of the military service which he had evaded then he had vague news of different amnesties after the time for conscription had long since passed an inertness of will had made him consider a return to his country as somewhat absurd and useless on the other side nothing remained to attract him he had even lost track of those country relatives with whom his mother had lived in his heaviest hours he had tried to occupy his activity by planning an enormous mausoleum all of marble in la recoleta the cemetery of the rich in order to move thither the remains of madariaga as founder of the dynasty following him with all his own when their hour should come. He was beginning to feel the weight of age. He was nearly seventy years old, and the rude life of the country, the horseback rides in the rain, the rivers forded upon his swimming horse, the nights passed in the open air, had brought on a rheumatism that was torturing his best days. His family, however, reawakened his enthusiasm to Paris. He began to fancy that he was twenty again and forgetting his habitual parsimony wished his household to travel like royalty in the most luxurious staterooms and with personal servants two copper-hued country girls born on the ranch and elevated to the rank of maids to the senora and her daughter accompanied them on the voyage their oblique eyes betraying not the slightest astonishment before the greatest novelties once in paris desnoyers found himself quite bewildered he confused the names of streets proposed visits to buildings which had long since disappeared and all his attempts to prove himself an expert authority on paris were attended with disappointment his children guided by recent reading up knew paris better than he he was considered a foreigner in his own country at first he even felt a certain strangeness in using his native tongue for he had remained on the ranch without speaking a word of his language for years at a time he was used to thinking in spanish and translating his ideas into the speech of his ancestors spattered his french with all kinds of creole dialect where a man makes his fortune and raises his family there is his true country he said sententiously remembering madariaga the image of that distant country dominated him with insistent obsession as soon as the impressions of the voyage had worn off he had no french friends and upon going into the street his feet instinctively took him to the places where the argentinians gathered together it was the same with them they had left their country only to feel with increasing intensity the desire to talk about it all the time there he read the papers commenting on the rising prices in the fields on the prospects for the next harvests and on the sales of cattle returning home his thoughts were still in america and he chuckled with delight as he recalled the way in which the two chinas had defied the professional dignity of the french cook preparing their native stews and other dishes in creole style he had settled the family in an ostentatious house in the avenida victor hugo for which he paid a rental of twenty-eight thousand francs dona luisa had to go and come many times before she could accustom herself to the imposing aspect of the concierges he decorated with gold trimmings on his black uniform and wearing white whiskers like a notary in a comedy she with a chain of gold upon her exuberant bosom and receiving the tenants in a red and gold salon in the rooms above was ultra-modern luxury gilded and glacial with white walls and glass doors with tiny panes which exasperated desnoyers who longed for the complicated carvings and rich furniture in vogue during his youth he himself directed the arrangements and furnishings of the various rooms which always seemed empty chichi protested against her father's avarice when she saw him buying slowly and with much calculation and hesitation avarice no he retorted it is because i know the worth of things nothing pleased him that he had not acquired at one-third of its value beating down those who overcharged but proved the superiority of the buyer paris offered him one delightful spot which he could not find anywhere else in the world the hotel he would go there every afternoon that he did not find other important auctions advertised in the papers for many years there was no famous failure in parisian life with its consequent liquidation from which he did not carry something away the use and need of these prizes were matters of secondary interest the great thing was to get them for ridiculous prices so the trophies from the auction rooms now began to inundate the apartment which at the beginning he had been furnishing with such desperate slowness his daughter now complained that the home was getting overcrowded the furnishings and ornaments were handsome but too many far too many the white walls seemed to scowl at the magnificent sets of chairs and the overflowing glass cabinets rich and velvety carpets over which had passed many generations covered all the compartments showy curtains not finding a vacant frame in the salons adorned the doors leading into the kitchen the wall mouldings gradually disappeared under an overlay of pictures placed close together like the scales of a cuirass who now could accuse desnoyers of avarice he was investing far more than a fashionable contractor would have dreamed of spending the underlying idea still was to acquire all this for a fourth of its price an exciting bait which lured the economical man into continuous dissipation he could sleep well only when he had driven a good bargain during the day he bought at auction thousands of bottles of wine consigned by bankrupt firms and he who scarcely ever drank packed his wine cellars to overflowing advising his family to use the champagne as freely as ordinary wine the failure of a furrier induced him to buy for fourteen thousand francs pelts worth ninety thousand in consequence the entire desnoyers family seemed suddenly to be suffering as frightfully from cold as though a polar iceberg had invaded the avenida victor hugo the father kept only one fur coat for himself but ordered three for his son chichi and dona luisa appeared arrayed in all kinds of silky and luxurious skins one day chinchilla other days blue fox martin or seal the enraptured buyer would permit no one but himself to adorn the walls with his new acquisitions using the hammer from the top of a step-ladder in order to save the expense of a professional picture-hanger he wished to set his children the example of economy in his idle hours he would change the position of the heaviest pieces of furniture trying every kind of combination this employment reminded him of those happy days when he handled great sacks of wheat and bundles of hides on the ranch whenever his son noticed that he was looking thoughtfully at a monumental sideboard or heavy piece he prudently betook himself to other haunts desnoyers stood a little in awe of the two housemen very solemn correct creatures always in dress suit who could not hide their astonishment at seeing a man with an income of more than a million francs engaged in such work finally it was the two coppery maids who aided their patron the three working contentedly together like companions in exile four automobiles completed the luxuriousness of the family the children would have been more content with one small and dashing in the very latest style but desnoyers was not the man to let a bargain slip past him so one after the other he had picked up the four tempted by the price they were as enormous and majestic as coaches of state their entrance into a street made the passers-by turn and stare the chauffeur needed two assistants to help him keep his flock of mastodons in order but the proud owner thought only of the skill with which he had gotten the best of the salesmen anxious to get such monuments out of their sight to his children he was always recommending simplicity and economy we are not as rich as you suppose we own a good deal of property but it produces a scanty income and then after refusing a domestic expenditure of two hundred francs he would put five thousand into an unnecessary purchase just because it would mean a great loss to the seller julio and his sister kept protesting to their mother Doña luisa chichi even going so far as to announce that she would never marry a man like her father hush hush exclaimed the scandalized Creole he has his little peculiarities but he is very good never has he given me any cause for complaint i only hope that you may be lucky enough to find his equal her husband's quarrelsomeness his irritable character and his masterful will all sank into insignificance when she thought of his unvarying fidelity in so many years of married life nothing his faithfulness had been unexceptional even in the country where many surrounded by beasts and intent on increasing their flocks had seemed to become contaminated by the general animalism she remembered her father only too well even her sister was obliged to live in apparent calmness with the vain-glorious karl quite capable of disloyalty not because of any special lust but just to imitate the doings of his superiors desnoyers and his wife were plodding through life in a routine affection reminding dona luisa in her limited imagination of the yokes of oxen on the ranch who refused to budge whenever another animal was substituted for the regular companion her husband certainly was quick-tempered holding her responsible for all the whims with which he exasperated his children yet he could never bear to have her out of his sight the afternoons at the hotel drouot would be most insipid for him unless she was at his side the confidante of his plans and wrathful outbursts today there is to be a sale of jewels shall we go he would make this proposition in such a gentle and coaxing voice the voice that dona luisa remembered in their first talks around the old home and so they would go together but by different routes she in one of the monumental vehicles because accustomed to the leisurely carriage rides of the ranch she no longer cared to walk and desnoyers although owner of the four automobiles heartily abominating them because he was conservative and uneasy with the complications of new machinery on foot under the pretext that through lack of work his body needed exercise when they met in the crowded sales rooms they proceeded to examine the jewels together fixing beforehand the price they would offer but he quick to become exasperated by opposition always went further hurling numbers at his competitors as though they were blows after such excursions the senora would appear as majestic and dazzling as a basilica of byzantium ears and neck decorated with great pearls her bosom a constellation of brilliance her hands radiating points of light of all colors of the rainbow too much mamma chichi would protest they will take you for a pawnbroker's lady but the creole satisfied with her splendor the crowning glory of a humble life attributed her daughter's fault-finding to envy chichi was only a girl now but later on she would thank her for having collected all these gems for her already the home was unable to accommodate so many purchases in the cellars were piled up enough paintings furniture statues and draperies to equip several other dwellings don marcelo began to complain of the cramped space in an apartment costing twenty eight thousand francs a year in reality large enough for a family four times the size of his he was beginning to deplore being obliged to renounce some very tempting furniture bargains when a real estate agent smelled out the foreigner and relieved him of his embarrassment why not buy a castle the entire family was delighted with the idea a historic castle the most historic that could be found would supplement their luxurious establishment chichi paled with pride some of her friends had castles others of old colonial family who were accustomed to look down upon her for her country bringing up would now cry with envy upon learning of this acquisition which was almost a patent of nobility the mother smiled in the hope of months in the country which would recall the simple and happy life of her youth julio was less enthusiastic the old man would expect him to spend much time away from paris but he consoled himself by reflecting that the suburban place would provide excuse for frequent automobile trips desnoyers thought of the relatives in berlin why should he not have his castle like the others the bargains were alluring historic mansions by the dozens were offered him their owners exhausted by the expense of maintaining them were more than anxious to sell so he bought the castle of villeblanche-sur-marne built in the time of the religious wars a mixture of palace and fortress with an italian renaissance facade gloomy towers with pointed hoods and moats in which swans were swimming End of section 14. Recording by Tony Oliva, Albuquerque, New Mexico.